Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Views on View. I am Steve Edwards, the host with the face for radio and the voice for being a mime, but I'm still your host, as I always like to say. Today, our special guest is David Otonda. How are you doing, David? Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, how is it? I feel like my second time on Views on View, so yeah. Oh, it has. Okay. I thought I recognized the name. I'd have to go back and look. Uh, David is coming to us all the way from Lagos, Nigeria. So yeah. thank you for for making the long trip over the internet to uh, to join us. Uh, so before we get started into our topic today, David, why don't you tell us about yourself? Uh, give us a little scoop on who you are, what you do, why you're famous, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, um, I'm David Asanda. I'm currently UX engineer at Consensus. Um, I work specifically on Infura. Um, so technically, my job is basically to create pixel-perfect um, components or interactions on the web. Um, so for my current job, just means I'm able to like do that um, on the bigger scale for projects, you know, in Web three and enabling a more decentralized internet in, in that regard. Okay, so speaking of Web3, that is going to be our topic for the day. And what we were going to talk about is using Web3 auth in a view application for user authentication. Um, so for starters, let's define some terms. So we've talked about uh, Web2 and Web3 is, is the term du jour, shall we say, for cryptocurrency, blockchain, uh, using those kinds of technologies. I think most people think of it again in terms of cryptocurrencies such as Ethereum or um, Dogecoin or uh, any of the other uh, cryptocurrencies. So did I get that right? Uh, what's the what's the best way for you? How do you define Web 2 versus Web 3? I, th I feel like Web 2, as you know, we all know it and we've seen the internet, you know, evolve since 1999 and all of that email, MySpace, YouTube, and all of that. Um, Web3 was created, right, in order to have a situation whereby everybody gets to own their data, right, and it's permissionless, meaning um, it's, it doesn't have, like, a lot of, um, how do I put it, um, how do I put this? It doesn't have a lot of centralization, right? So no one... Distributed. Person, yeah, exactly. So it gives everybody access, regardless of where you are, um, your location. You, you're not you're not limited by that. You can as well access um, and pay for things wherever you are. You can access information without being constrained to a particular location. I, I believe that's how I, I feel it is, or I would explain it in terms of you know real life application to um, just a, a layman actually. Okay. So, in particular, we're going to talk about using Web3 to authenticate uh, within a view app and how you can do that. Now, the, the uh, tool that you've talked is web3auth.io, uh, which is a product. So, I guess my first question is, one, how does this work? And for someone to be able to use Web3 authentication, do they have to have like a wallet, a cryptocurrency wallet or something along those lines? Yeah, so usually they're supposed to have like a wallet. So 
We're talking decentralized wallet, DeFi wallet, right? It's not a centralized, not even like centralized exchange like you know, Binance or Coinbase, all of those guys, right? You would need to own like a DeFi wallet, like you know, MetaMask, Rainbow, and yeah, where you actually have your private keys to be able to authenticate to use the DApps, right? That's how you get authenticated in to access like um, decentralized applications. But um, with Web3 Auth, what they do is they are able to allow you to use your social logins, right? Like you do with like a regular app, right? Um, so using a social login, they're able to, in the background, right? They're actually able to create something called an MPC wallet, right? Which makes it easy for you to recover your, um, your account or whatever, right? In a way whereby it's not still very centralized. Right, but they give you an, a wallet in the background. Um, it's sort of like abstracted over it, right? Just to make it easier for regular people to also um, access stuff in the Web3 space or in the decentralized internet space, depending on how you look at it. So you do have a wallet, but it's not for money, it's for storing keys, crypto keys. Is that the correct way to say it? Mm, no, so the crypto keys, Right. So the private keys are what um, determine that you own that wallet. Right. So there's the wallet separately and there's the DApps. Right. So you own the wallets and you own those private keys. So you use the wallet to sign into those DApps. Right. So what to that sign means, into what? I'm sorry, can't understand. DApps like decentralized applications. So I just call it decentralized applications DApps. So instead of apps, I say DApps. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah exactly. So you, you use your wallet to sign into those dApps, right? Because your wallet is a particular wallet that exists on the blockchain, right? So it shows that you are the real owner of that wallet. That's basically the idea. Like you own a wallet um, and you're able to sign in, meaning you're the real owner of that wallet. But what um, Web3 Auth does is that even though you don't have a wallet, you're a new, you newbie, you're getting to access something um, on the DAB, or you're just getting into the space and you know, getting a wallet is a little bit, um, how do I put it, intimidating for you, all of that. They still allow you signing with your social um, identity, like you know, your Twitter, your Facebook, your Discord, your YouTube. Sorry, not YouTube, right? I think they are, okay, they allow email, not YouTube, right? Um, to sign into those DAPs by creating a wallet for you in the background, but you still own the private keys of those wallets. So that's how it works. But basically the aim is to ensure that you can still access um, dApps without owning the wallet. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned using the social, so like a Twitter login, a Facebook login, does that include like a GitHub login? I'm sure, which is pretty common for for developers yeah. to use? Exactly, exactly. So how does that work? How does that integration work then? Yeah, so in the back end, they use something called an MPC, called MPC wallet, as I mentioned, which is a multi-party computation wallet, right? Meaning they own a part of your keys and you own a part of your keys, right? So doing that, they cannot access, or you cannot like sign transactions um on your behalf so what happens is this since they are creating the wallet for you they still cannot sign transactions for you meaning in layman terms it means that they cannot authorize anything 
right, without you actually, you know, um, like clicking on it or whatever. So they can't do anything for you in the background. They basically are just there to make things easier for you to access those dApps, right? So on the engineering side, it gets way more complicated than just them holding part of the keys. But that is basically like the overview of, of things really. It just really to like improve user experience um, in, in Web3. I know we're operating in the beer market and all, but you know, like moving into like net bull run and having more people um, jump on the Web3 hype. So yeah, that helps to, <laughs> it helps to make things easier for everybody to, you know, um, take advantage of, of the space and see what we have there. Okay, so what is Web3 Auth then? You said it was released sometime last year, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah. I've been following them. It's, it's really like, I think they raised like a bunch of money like last year in Q4. So it's a startup. To, okay. Yeah, they're also like a startup company, right? Just to like um, improve the space. Basically, I think it's making an infrastructure company, right? To just make it easier to like, onboard new people um, into Web3 and all of that. Uh, that's how, I believe that's how they came about um, from what I've read about them. Okay. So where so what are the products that you're you're using then of theirs to because they have multiple products, uh, it looks like. Um, that's what we're gonna implement in, uh, excuse me, integrate <laughs> into yeah. our view app, correct? Yes. So they have um, a modal SDK. Which means you just have to like install, um, I think we're pretty modal, pretty good modal. They have like the NPM packages, right? Where you just install it and um, yeah, you're able to like have the modal pop up. So you don't have to build the modal, right? You just install the, the SDK and all of that and you're able to like trigger their modal to pop up. So then once their modal pops up, right, the user is able to authenticate using either their social login or their wallet itself. Right, but in this case, we're focused on the social login because you know having more people like be able to authenticate without having a wallet, right? So um, yeah, on that instance, immediately the social login, they get to login and they better to access the dApps and um, sign transactions and do whatever um, is required of them or they hope to do on that particular dApp. Um, yeah, that that's basically how we hope to use it, or it's it's, going to be, it's, it's traditionally used. Although they also they also have like the um, login without like the modal where you mm -hmm. can just like call you know those methods directly. It's like okay, you have your own custom button, um, sign a Google for instance, and click on it and trigger that function. Then you know you're able to like login and all of that. But yeah, they have like the modal thing which most people use just to you know simplify things and all of that rather than you. Um, their own custom button and, and yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking at their documentation and they have, there's a page on Web3 Auth JavaScript SDKs. And so they have uh, Web3 Auth modal and then a Web3 Auth no modal. And it's from what I'm reading, it appears that the, the no modal is what we would call a headless uh, type of SDK where you could use your library of choice to create your own modal and buttons and then you just have to wire uh, the buttons up appropriately. Yeah. So, okay. So what is this product giving to you? Is it just the SDK to create it? Where, 
you know, let's, <clears throat> okay, so let's say, for instance, I want to use this in a, uh, my own view app, and I want people to be able to log in using uh, Web3 auth. Do I separately have to have the infrastructure, the wallet, or the dApp created, or what has to be done ahead of time, or does this tool and this company handle all of that for you? Yeah, so they abstract a lot of things for you, right? Um, although you need, you're facing like their keys, your their keys on their website and all of that, where you sign in. Um, I think they have they really have like they have a paid plan. I think it's about sixty nine dollars or whatever, um, depending on what's on your package and all of that. But um, yeah, what they do is they're able to abstract all of that work away from you. You just need like a, a, a key. Like once you sign up, you're able to get a key, um, all of that for your projects, for specifically for your project, right? And you're able to like impute that on your front end as an environmental variable, environment variable rather, and you know, pull it into your, your view app and use it, right? But they abstract like all of the work for you, which is like super cool. Um, yeah, so that's that's their, their main selling point is they're able to abstract all of that um, work away from, from you. So you don't have to do all that stress. Okay, so this, okay, still trying to get my head around this just because I'm Web3 ignorant when it comes to actual implementations and stuff. Um, so you're going to buy this, one of their plans that handles, um, Oh, up to so okay. So the plans you pay for so many active wallets. So I guess it depends on how large a user base your application is going to have, right? So they have a free plan that goes up to a thousand monthly active wallets, um, and then 0 0.04 cents or dollars, excuse me, if I'm reading this correctly, for every additional wallet. Then they have plans that go up to three thousand wallets, MAWs they call them, monthly active wallets up to 10,000 and then custom, you know, for the large enterprise. Yeah, yeah. Do we have like different plans depending on the number of wallets, you know, meaning like the number of users you have, uh -huh. right? Um, yeah, based on, you, on your application and all of that. So I, I know they have like a free plan also. Um, I think- Right, that gives you up to a thousand monthly active wallets. Yeah, exactly. That's how they, they handle their pricing, really. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, like, their pricing is based on the value they're offering and depending on the kind of application. So if you are in the Web3 space, right, and you're building a bunch of things that are focused on, like, newbies or Web3 people that are not, or, like, non I can say like you know I'm talking to like just like people that are not really into the space that don't really understand you know wallets and you really don't stress them to like go through all of that um, and there's a value proposition that your product has that requires like a decentralized side of it um, onboarding users into it definitely is way easier with this at least for user side like you can completely abstract the whole wallet or three part away from your user right using this tool so you have people on board without even um knowing the web3 application i'm trying to think of a product that does that right now but i'm going to place my finger on it but there are but there are like products whereby 
Even if you know that you know you are dealing with anything blockchain or web three, you have like such smooth UX. Um, and these guys just like help such companies or such products achieve that. Okay, so then when it comes to uh, implementation in the view application, how does that work? I'm assuming it's like, you know, any other SDK or, or library that you're going to integrate where you install it via NPM and then include, you know, in your component. And if you're using the modal, you know, there's some, you know, some methods or maybe even components. Do they have any, are there any particular view wrap, wrappers that you found or is it all strictly JavaScript and you have to add the view goodness to it? Um, so they have like an SDK thing uh, specifically for like view or that can be used in view. Like, I think in generic way, it, it works like within view still, mm -hmm. right? They're like the web three or slash model um, right. NPM package. And they also have like other packages like, okay, for um, different wallets, right? For Metamax, for Wallet Connect, um, all of that. You might not really know that, but like, they, they be, they're able to like create um, packages all within like Web3 odds and ecosystem that you would use in your view application itself, right? So it's, it feels really normal. Like it, it doesn't look like there's some crazy Web3 thing that goes on. It just makes like a regular package. You initialize it normally with like, you know, an initial instance of it, okay, Web3 odds. You input your keys and so on objects. Basically, initialize that you would do any up to any um, any package that you want to initialize, right? Then you continue to use in your in your application. Um, so, like you know, signing and all of all of all of these things, right? So it it doesn't have like any special thing that makes it strange or that makes it different from all of the regular like you know. Um, packages we all know and we can share that within our, within our application. So that also makes it good. I think on the client side, it just makes it really, really, really easy to um, initialize within our app. So, um, yeah. So then, so have you actually implemented this kit in any applications yet? Yeah, so they have, um, they have like a sample application which you could probably put in the description of this video, right? Um, that's not position what I've used here, but um, yeah, they have like a sample application that, that illustrates how um, it works on a low level. Um, yeah. But I'm saying, have you in any of your applications, have you been able to successfully implement this yet? Yeah, well, I've gone through like the sample application and I've been to just like, you know, look through it and see how it's done. So yeah, but I've not implemented my own personal application separately away from their um, sample application, but I've gone through it and, and yeah, I think it, I think it's really cool. Um, yeah, although I, I implemented on a React application a while ago, but yeah, on their view application, no, no personally, but yeah. Okay, so assuming, so when you implement this, how does it, how are you, how's it interacting with your view app? In other words, is it, you know, all, you, I assume there, you know, it does the authentication on the infrastructure on the, the blockchain somewhere. And do you get some sort of like a, a JWT, some sort of token? Is it a cookie in the browser, you know, that gets sent? Or how does the, uh, what are you giving back and to use 
uh, for authentication for your particular user and, and integrate with, with your backend system? Yeah. So once you install like the SDK and all that, I can share that separately because they're like, I think about three or so, like depending on how it's been implemented. But once you're able to um, install like the Web3 model, as Web3 model, authority auth slash model or whatever, right? That's the package name exactly, right? What happens is you, obviously using the Composition API, right? You have a root package installed, then you initialize that particular package, right? Um, using like your, an object that contains the name of your of your um, projects that you've already installed, you've already added to the Web3 Auth dashboard. So you have a dashboard on Web3 Auth, right? Where you add obviously the name of your project, you create a project, the name of your project, um, and the particular chain that project is on, right? And you're able to create it, and you're able to get like a client API, sorry, client ID that you need to use, right? Just like you have any other um, SDK, right? And once it's initialized, you're able to get the methods that you need to, you know, sign transaction, get chain ID, and all of all those um, things that are required, like in decentralized applications, like all those form, all those methods, right? Then you're able to call those methods um, within your UI, right? So within like your UI itself, um, you're able to trigger those methods the same way you trigger like a regular function, right? The same way you have to trigger those methods, then also you use them within your UI. You're able to sign in, um, yeah, authenticate or sign, authenticate the user, right? And they're able to then interact with whatever, you know, whatever protocol or whatever thing you want them to do um, moving forward within your, your web application, right? So, um, that's how it works. So obviously you have to have you have to sign in first, probably be on a free trial, then you know create your project, then take your credentials from the dashboard, which you just created, take into your web app, um, initialize the web3 auth model um, um, instance, and you're able to you know use those methods within your application. So that's how we sit on a high level, um, technically within within your application. Okay, so yeah, I suppose going much farther would require actually looking at code, which is something hard to do on an audio podcast, um, for sure. So last question I can think of is, okay, so this is a bunch of work, obviously, and it requires some different infrastructure on the back end, which is what the webauth.io people are doing for you. Yeah, uh, sure. And we've talked about it, how it's decentralized. So what is the benefit of using this type of system for authentication in a view app? Is it security? Is it because it's decentralized? Um, is it harder to hack? You know, what, what's the, what's the, what are the benefits of, of implementing a system like this? Yeah, so, you know, within the Web3 space, it's, it's a thing whereby pre the last bull run, um, which we had you know, the Dogecoin explosion and all of that stuff, right? What happened is you needed to have a wallet to interact with protocols, like beyond like centralized exchanges, right? Like interact with actual protocols itself. You just have like a wallet which required you to, I don't know if you heard of this, but like a seed phrase. Whereas if you lose that seed phrase, it means you've lost your wallet. 
because the whole idea of having a wallet is in order for you to be your own bank in quotes right so nobody can take that wallet away from you or whatever right so you get the seed phrase which shows which is the private key that shows you own that wallet um, and all of that just feels really intimidating for um, regular people to like you know interact with it's not convenient to be honest to interact with like these applications or these protocols you know and all of that stuff so um the main advantage of using you know web3 institution whereby they are able to allow you still interact with these dApps or still interact with applications without dealing with having your own wallet and going through that hurdle right to interact with this and and, and at the end of the day just just the idea of ease of use and how that can help you know newbies to interact with these applications um originally. right i get that so web auth um, abstracts a lot of the functionality for you right if you're to use their sdks they handle the wallets and all the uh encryption and whatever goes on behind the scenes to make sure you're unique but above and beyond that what's the benefit of using this whole type of of login is it speed is it security is it decentralization etc what is as compared to the normal you know the web 2 authentication for lack of a better term that we're using now oh okay so um web 2, web 2 authentication works but in order to like deal with applications on the blockchain which means in that side for instance you know send in the most basic terms send crypto right to a different person or whatever right or to um deal with let's say identity on the blockchain or in fact deal with anything on the blockchain right you need a different kind of authentication right which means even with application that allow you to interact with the blockchain so that way these guys come in like regular web two application just means like you know signing in google you know you speak to the server and you're able to do whatever you want to do on that particular app but um, in web three a little bit different in terms of um how you interact with the blockchain and how you create transactions or sign transactions on the blockchain so i don't go too deep right just like using this just that, that's what put about this form of authentication right so it comes with you know signing with your wallet and all of those things whereby it means you are interacting directly with the blockchain or like you know, different blockchains um as you know it like ethereum polygon arbitrum and all of those blockchains right in order to deal with them or do anything at all with them you need this form of authentication right using a wallet so that's how it's pretty much different from um how you do web two but because the experience like makes it tricky that's where um these guys come in like i mean web three also in this case coming to smoothen that process for you so yeah it's pretty much different from what we have with web two as we as we all um, okay, so before we wrap up, was there anything we haven't covered about uh, Web3 Auth and View and uh, that we wanted to cover, that you wanted to cover? Um, I, I don't think there's anything. I, obviously, I can drop the link of the GitHub repo. Um, but uh, yeah, I feel like with, with View in the Web3 space, 
um, more tools need to be built, which, which have been built, right, which we're all working on, you know, I mean, the ecosystem um, that we've seen pop up like a few times over the past um, decade and all of that. But yeah, um, more more build developers like within the web three space in this case should you know use more of you. I know we have like a lot of React and Next and all of that, primarily because we have tools in within the space right that focused on React and Next. But yeah, there are more things like this popping up for um, the view guys like me right um, to also work within the space. Um, to allow us to use view to build product within within this space. So yeah, I, I really don't think there's anything we've not we've not covered. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for coming on to talk about this. I know I still haven't gotten my head fully around blockchain and crypto and how that works just because I haven't had time. But uh, for yeah. those who are listening who might want to investigate this, um, Again, the product, uh, the company is web3auth.io, uh, number three, and it's got details and docs on kits and, and so on. So that's something for those who want to delve into it. Here's your chance. All right. So with that, we'll move on to picks. Picks are part of the show where we get to talk about things that may or may not have absolutely anything to do with, uh, with tech or with you or uh, could be food, movies, books, kids games, you name it. Um, I'll start out and save the, the guests for last. And on Hacker News came across an interesting story. <clears throat> and it's uh, an article from the New York Times. And it's sort of uh, things I've talked about before. And it has to do with remote versus in-office work, especially with the explosion of remote work since you know over the past three years. And it's titled, What Young Workers Miss Without the Power of Proximity. And having worked uh, in IT for over 25 years and spent probably the first like, 13, 14 years in an office environment, and since 2009, I've been remote, I've seen the pros and cons of both environments. And what the gist of the article is, is that basically your junior employees, your younger is the one who need uh, tutelage and, and help and feedback um, are the ones that benefit most from being in the office where the more of the senior people who don't necessarily need as much of that can function much better uh, in a remote. But for like a junior person coming in and this is their first job and they start out remote, they really miss a lot. And I know that, you know, from my days of being in the office, I know that there's quite a lot that happens, quite a lot of feedback and learning and helping each other that you don't get uh, so much when you're remote. Uh, but anyway... Like I said, it's called What Young Workers Miss Without the Power of Proximity, and I'll put a, a, a link to that in the show notes. And then with that, we get to the dad jokes of the week. I prefer to think of those as the highlight of the podcast. Other people might think differently. Um, <laughs> so I'll start out. So uh, I told my wife recently that I was building a model of Mount Everest. She said, is it to scale? I said, no, it's to look at. <laughs> right, it's not to climb. Yeah, anyway. So, <laughs> so if uh, here's a question for you if zookeepers say that you can't buy the animals, then why do zebras have barcodes? 
Okay. Right. Okay. And uh, a friend of mine on Twitter sent me a great uh, cartoon. I, I put it on my Twitter that you can see it. Uh, that shows a zebra with a QR code on it instead of the stripes and says, dude, you got to upgrade. And then finally, um, I asked the librarian uh, when I was at the library if, if they had any books on different noise levels. And she said, sure, what volume would you like? <laughs> That'll say very good. Right? Yeah, that, that got an eye roll from David for those who aren't watching. So most of the dad jokes of the week. So David, do you been able to come up with any picks for us? Uh, I've not, except I Google one quickly. <laughs> oh, that's okay. You know, if there's maybe a TV shows or movies you watched recently or something like that, uh, that's fine if you don't. Yeah, I, I don't. No picks. Okay. Well, with that, we will wrap up the episode. Thanks for coming on, David. Uh, appreciate mm -hmm. hearing about Web3 and how it can be used with Vue. It's certainly uh, something worth investigating further. If people want to follow you or see what you're working on, your coding, what's the where are the best places to do that? Uh, I think the best place is like Twitter or maybe LinkedIn, maybe a um, corporate focused person. But yeah, mostly Twitter. Um, I guess I could drop my handle maybe in the chat, but like yeah. David Premier. Um, I need a very cheeky name like Entrepreneur David Premier, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will put a link to the show note, show notes to David's Twitter account, and you can follow him there. I am Wonder95 on Twitter and GitHub and just about anywhere else on the socials. So uh, anyway, thanks everybody for listening, and we will talk to you next time on Views on View. <laughs>